Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I'm the host of the show where I get to have conversations with Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. But today, I do not have an Olympic athlete, hopeful, legend. I actually have an Olympic sports agent. Super cool conversation here today with Christine Reppa of Reppa Athletes, lead agent. It's her agency, I bet you could have guessed. Um, Christine is joining me on the show. So first off, I've interviewed almost all of her athletes at this point. So it's fantastic. She's incredible. All the females that she represents, all incredible people. Amy Bilquist, Madison Cox, Gia Duna, Nia Batragu, Tess Johnson. You've heard all the interviews. Now you get to talk to the agent behind the, behind the mask, right? Um, I have Christine on because there was a huge rule change in the Olympic guidelines where athletes and sponsors, their relationship has actually now changed during the Olympics. There used to be a blackout period. We get into it. It's a shorter interview, um, but it's awesome. Christine goes in very deep on what we need to know. Um, so I guess not super deep, but she definitely gives a lot of context, a lot of understanding what it was, what it is, what it could potentially be, and how it's really going to help the athletes, how it's going to help the brands, and how everybody is going to be able to make more money because of it. So without further ado, here's Christine Reppa of Reppa Athletes. All right, today, special guest, Christine Reppa, sports agent at Reppa Athletes, born July 6, 1986, grew up down in Texas, graduated from UT Austin, Hookham in 2009, where she was a rower and academic all Big 12. Started her sports agency in 2015 with her first client, Olympic swimmer Dana Vollmer, seven-time medalist, if I'm not mistaken. She's also, she also created Noya, activewear designed by women for women. And her current clients, and some of these may sound familiar to listeners, we have Dana Vollmer, Amy Bilquist, Madison Cox, Gia Dunan, Nina Butrago, and Tess Johnson. Christine, Christine, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I almost threw an A at the end of your name. Sorry about that. So, um, Texas, you were a rower. I know we, we spoke about this yeah. once or twice, but I, rowing is close to me because I work with the U.S. Rowing Association, but definitely what made you want to be a rower and wake up early and do all that really hard work. That just doesn't sound fun to me. That is a great question. One that I think I asked myself many times while I was rowing, but um, uh, I actually went to university of Texas, um, not with any um, like sports opportunities that I was aware of. Um, I was a basketball player and cross country runner in, in high school. And as much as I would have loved to do one of those sports at UT, I Ugh. just don't know that I made the cut. So, um, so yeah, so freshman year, um, I found rowing and walked onto the team. Um, and I just, I think at that time I was really looking for like a community, looking for a way to continue a team sport, something that I had done like my whole life. So it was very weird to me to like go to the gym and work out by myself. Um, I'd never really experienced that before. So to avoid the freshman 15 and for many other reasons, I uh, joined the rowing team and ended up really liking it. There you go. I've here, um, if you like it, you love it. And if you don't, you really hate it. I, I haven't found really anybody on the in-between with rowing. Um, but yeah, there's a love-hate relationship there for sure. That's actually a good point. You probably love it and you hate yeah. it. That's a great point. Um, and then I just wanted to touch upon for a second, you also created Activewear. And this was right around the same time that you started your agency, if I'm not mistaken. You did a bunch of research. Mm -hmm. What went into wanting to create, and I'm sorry, I don't want to say the yog, yog, say yog it for me. Yogzi, mm -hmm. thank you. Thanks. See, I was going to butcher it. What, what went into you wanting to create an entire clothing line? 
Um, so I always had that entrepreneurial itch since I was like a little kid. I was the kid with the lemonade stand. I was the kid who like signed up for my brother's, you know, cookie dough sales. You know, I would go around the, the neighborhood for him. So anyway, I mean, that was just in my blood. And I'd always been thinking of different um different projects, something that I could actually base an entire company around. And I found and fell in love with yoga. And after doing yoga for um, a year or two, I, I just, I couldn't find clothes that really helped with the whole distraction free concept that yoga is like yoga. You're supposed to be very, you know, in this Zen state, state of mind, it's a moving meditation. Um, and so I, you know, I looked and looked for like a shirt that wouldn't fall up into my face or pants that wouldn't fall down, uh, you know, slide down when I was moving around and couldn't find it. So I decided to create my own product, which was the Yogzi. So the Yogzi is a three piece, jumper basically so mm -hmm. it looks like you're wearing a sports bra and a top and a bottom it's made for women um but secretly it's all pinned together very comfortably um and you uh, don't have to mess with it at all when you're practicing it's it it really does add to that element of meditation during practice i love it i love yoga and yeah i usually do it in a t-shirt and then yeah it I totally understand uh, where and how you, how, you, how you came up with this idea. And I mean, that's the true sign of an entrepreneur, right? Find a problem and solve it. Uh, very cool. So then, uh, again, right around the time, I, I know you did a lot of research that went into it, but right around the time when you launched that was about when you signed your first client. And I know there's a kind of really interesting story behind how you actually got Dana Vollmer, again, seven-time uh, Olympic medalist as a client. Didn't her dad reached out to you on Facebook or something, right? Something crazy like that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I was right in the midst of, of launching Noya. I had been researching and figuring out how to manufacture a product and, and all of that for the past two years. So we were like right at the finish line with that. And, um, and I got this Facebook message from an old family friend of mine. So I actually grew up with the Bulmers um, in Granbury, Texas. Shout out to Granbury. Um, and I, um, I got this message from him and he said, hey, Dana's looking for a manager or agent. Um, would you be interested? And I was just like, is this like a joke? Like, mm -hmm. I really, I, I didn't believe it at first. I hadn't talked to Dana in probably a decade. Um, and they know what I do. They, they know that I'm not like a sports agent or I wasn't a sports agent at the time. So anyway, so I very tentatively responded like, sure. Like, uh, tell me, tell me more about this opportunity. Let's talk. So, um, so, you know, then obviously I started talking to Dana about this, this whole thing and she kind of explained what she was looking for. Um, I had a marketing, branding, entrepreneurial background. I'd always been in the world of sports. I knew swimming. So, um, she felt like I was a good fit. So that's, that's, uh, that's how it all started. That's just crazy. Considering like, it's one thing if you were, you know, obviously, as you said, you grew up with her and you've known her for a while, but that 10 year, like in between, it's just very, I'm curious what they were like. Yeah. Yeah. We think Christine could do it. Obviously you did. Yeah. And you did an incredible job. It's just very, just out of nowhere, it sounds like. And I, I'm sure there was a lot on their side and there was a lot on your side and it was very confusing, but 
seems like you made the right choice because now as I, as I rattled off before, you have Olympic gold medalist, multi-time gold medalist, Dana Vollmer. You now have uh, Amy Bilquist, Olympic hopeful, Madison Cox, Olympic hopeful, Gian Dunan, Olympic hopeful, Nina Butrago, Olympic hopeful, and Tess Johnson, Olympian, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you have a pretty incredible lineup of some female kick-ass athletes and i think it's just fantastic and that's a big reason why i wanted to bring you on so as i said almost all, just all of these are all of your athletes are olympic hopefuls or or current or um legends i don't like calling there's such thing as a former olympian right they're an olympic legend in my book so definitely with and let me new, just say real yes fast, please 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 um we do i do have one more uh athlete that i'll be announcing oh. very I won't mention her name just yet since it's not official, but I did want to just like throw that out there that we have have one more. I have to ask as, as again, I've interviewed all but one and I'm really hoping for that Dana Vollmer interview one of these days. Have I already interviewed this athlete by any chance? It's possible. It's It's possible. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) We'll uh, we'll leave it at that then. Uh, We'll let let the audience speculate. So that is fantastic. Congratulations, Christine. That's just amazing. Um, So a big reason why I brought you on because Rule 40, if you're in the Olympic world, you kind of understand what that means. Even if you're really Mm -hmm. entrenched in it, you probably don't know everything about it, but you're an agent. I do a lot with sponsorships. So you and I know it a little bit better than the next guy. So I thought it'd be really cool to bring you on and just discuss. There has been a huge rule change. It started back, I want to say in February with Germany. It's now come to the USOPC and on October 9th, it was announced. So we're a couple days behind, but that's just due to technical difficulties, right? Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about Rule 40, what it is, what it was, and, and moving forward, how it's going to really change for personal branding and sponsorships for these athletes. Um, so if you don't mind, Christine, Rule 40, when you started your career with Dana, and this was back in 2015, I'm sure this was something that you had to learn. What yep. was Rule 40 before these new recent changes? Can you just explain a little bit in a couple sentences what exactly it was and what it meant? Sure. So, um, so Rule 40 was put into place to basically protect the interests of the um, major Olympic sponsors. So, um, you know, those are the guys that really put up the big dollars uh, to make the games a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to make sure that those sponsors were protected from what they call ambush marketing, um, which is when some, which is when, you know, somebody who's not sponsoring a a specific event tries to kind of tag onto it and allude to it as if they are, Mm -hmm. you know, somehow involved in, in that event. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that, that was kind of the spirit of rule 40. Um, and it's very understandable. Like you do, you have to protect those guys because without them, you know, maybe the games don't exist. And be a little difficult. So, yeah. Right. So, um, and so we just, just to, just to say, so we're talking about the Coca-Cola's of the world, the Dow chemicals correct. of the world, the Bridgestones of the world. These guys are putting up significant millions Nike millions right. and millions and millions of dollars every single year right. when the Olympics are only every two years. So it's, it's, Huge amounts of money. So you can understand why they want that protected. So I apologize. Keep going. Yeah, no. Um, so, but essentially what that ended up doing um, was also, it, it affected the athletes in, in the sense that their, their personal sponsors no longer um, had the ability to, um, 
to talk about them during mm -hmm. this specific time period. So rule 40 is a blackout period um, um, during the game. So I believe it's nine days leading up to the games, the, entire, uh, the entirety of the games, and then I believe three days after the games. Um, this, this coming year, it's, uh, I wanna say July 14th through August 14th. I'm not sure if that's exactly right, but it's something, it's something like that. So it's about a month. Um, so, uh, so during that blackout period, anybody who's like been backing an athlete for however many years, funding their training, their, you know, their ability to get to competitions, all of that, they all of a sudden have to like, I don't know, pretend like they're, yeah. they're not involved in this athlete whatsoever. Um, and the, those that could um, run campaigns for the athlete had to submit um, all this information about exactly what that campaign was going to look like, um, how many times they were going to post, you know, all, all of this very detailed structure that a lot of companies don't even have. And they, mm -hmm. and they had to submit that, I believe, six months before the games. Mm -hmm. So that also was hard for the athletes because a lot of athletes don't know that they're going to the games until the month before. Mm -hmm. So if they want to sign on an ath uh, a sponsor the month before, there's no way that sponsor could have even, you know, uh, uh, abided by these rules because they just started working with the athlete one month in advance. So mm -hmm. but it restricted the athletes quite a bit. Yeah. It, and that's, that's one thing, especially considering, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big advocate. I mean, I literally do what I do because these athletes don't really get paid that much money. Um, and this right. again, understandably so in certain situations with ambush marketing and, and again, those guys that are putting up 25 to $50 million a year, they, I'm sure they have some say and some skin in the game. Um, but at the same time, again, these athletes barely getting paid and then not even being able to, as you said, like these sponsors now have to pretend like they don't know anything about these athletes. They can't say thank you. They can't right. say congratulations. Um, it's just, uh, again, I understand why it was there, but it made it very, very difficult. As you said, a lot of the athletes don't know they're going to the games before a month beforehand. So how can you get a sponsor? A lot of these companies, it's not like Coca-Cola is now then going out and sponsoring, you know, 10 different athletes individually, uh, you know, and even if they did, I guess that's a terrible example. So let's say Pepsi isn't going out and sponsoring 10 athletes individually um, to make it so that way they have all these things. It, it's just very complicated. And now, thankfully, it recently changed. It first started with Germany. And again, I can't remember the exact date, but I feel like it was February, March timeframe. It was huge. It was fantastic. And a lot of people actually speculated if it would come over here to the United States. Um, and it did. And really essentially what happened was Germany changed the rule essentially. So that way these athletes, the, the sponsors don't have to pretend the athletes don't exist. Right. So if you don't mind explaining a little bit what this new, the new guidelines, I guess, to rule 40 are and how they're going to affect, you know, athletes moving forward. Yeah, actually, if you don't mind, I'll read them off. Oh, uh, thank you. They, they, yeah, they said it very concisely, so I thought I'll just read this off for you. Um, all right, so starting off, athletes are now able to thank personal sponsors during the games. Like you said before, they couldn't even say thank you to them. Athletes are now able to receive congratulatory, congratulatory messages from personal sponsors. Again, sounds small, but it's not. I mean, this no. is during the like pinnacle of their careers, and to be able to say a, a sponsor's name is huge. Um, athlete personal sponsors are now able to engage in generic advertising during the games, so that six-month rule is now gone, um, and they can do some generic 
advertising, they, they still cannot use, um, you know, protected mm-hmm. trademarked words like the Olympics, Team USA. They can't use those words. But actually, they're, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, before this whole change in the rule, there was even controversy around using words like gold, mm-hmm. gold medal. Um, so now those, those words are no longer, um, controversial, Mm -hmm. uh, sponsors can use those words. Um, and then official partners maintain continued exclusivity around team USA. Okay. That's what I just Mm -hmm. said. Um, and official partners receive increased ambush protection through the introduction of a personal sponsor commitment. So any, um, personal sponsor who is not a sponsor of the games, does have to sign um, this personal sponsor commitment, which I actually haven't seen what that says yet. Um, But it is to, again, it's basically, uh, I I believe, put in place so that um, the USOPC has a um, direct route for checking up on these Mm -hmm. sponsors and making sure that they're doing what they said they were going to do and not doing what they said they weren't going to do. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I think, again, it's, it's huge. As you said, just being able, it's the pinnacle of these athletes' career. We have literally 3 billion people that watch the Olympics, especially the summer games. Just for an athlete to be able to say, you know, and truly mean it too, right? They gave them money. They gave them product. They gave them oh, something yeah. to help them get better at what they're currently mm-hmm. doing so that they could represent us, our country, or any country, wherever they are, to then go out and fight and compete and, and do the best that they can. So I think, you know, as you said, a simple thank you, a simple congratulations. Um, before was going to get you sued to the high heavens. Now at least or it's out of the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. That too. That too. So, um, which is even worse in my opinion. Um, Cause you can always make more money. You can't really make too many more Olympics in many cases. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's insane to me. And I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that these athletes now have this opportunity. Um, how do you see this playing out moving forward? I mean, not, not specifically. I mean, obviously I want to talk about your athletes. I know just about all of them uh, on some sort of level, but how have you seen either what you're doing moving forward, looking for sponsorship or, or what you're doing r- different than what you were doing prior now with this new rule change? Does that mean dollar amounts go up? Does that mean activations can go up? Does that mean you have to do a lot more things during the off season? How are you, how are you looking at this to try and take advantage for it, for, for all these incredible women that you represent? Um, to answer all those questions. Yes. Awesome. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks Christine. Um, This was great. I'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I mean, really it, it is, Everything is can increase at this point, I, I believe. I mean, the attractiveness to sponsors um, working with these athletes certainly has, has gone up because of this, which means dollar amounts can go up, which means activation will go up, you know. So all of those things, yes. Um, and, and now, you know, when I'm talking to sponsors, I'm, I'm talking about that. I, I talked to one today about it, you know, and, and just helping them understand. It used to be, uh, whenever I started working with Dana, when I talked to a sponsor who had never worked in the Olympic space before, it was like, you know, put my head down a little bit mm-hmm. and be like, all right, so here's the bad news, <laughs> you know, like, so here, like I had to educate them on what rule 40 was, what that meant to them, what that, you know, meant to our partnership. And now I get to educate them about, mm-hmm. you know, th- these changes and how, you know, up until literally this year, 
nobody had this ability and, and, and now they do. So yeah, it's a huge, I think it's a huge win. Absolutely. And again, you know, obviously it's a huge win for the athletes, but as I was saying, 3 billion people watch the Olympics. So it's obviously a huge win for the brands. Oh yeah. Have they, have they like, especially the conversations that you've been able to have over the last couple of weeks, have they been a educated before you even spoke to them or B when you did tell them, like, did, did you kind of see their eyes light up? So you knew you could kind of bump that number up a little bit, a couple more bucks maybe. (laughs) Well, um, I, generally speaking, um, a lot of the sponsors don't have um, a ton of, of experience in the mm-hmm. Olympic, Olympic space, unless they are Olympic sponsors, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which totally different rules apply to those guys. So, um, so when I'm talking to a sponsor who, um, you know, is not in, you know, sees the the attractiveness of working with an Olympian, either either because of the particular sport they're in, because they're an Olympian, you know, whatever it might be that they see that they can that they can benefit from. Um, generally, I then have to educate them on it. It's it, a lot of people don't know much about mm-hmm. you know Rule Forty or any of this stuff. So yeah, so it, it is starting from square one, but. But now that conversation is so much more exciting and so much easier to approach. So, yeah. Do you, do you start out by telling them, hey, this is the way it used to be, but now it's so much better. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. like, oh, that's got to be the best. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I yeah, can only yeah, imagine. That is too funny. I love it. Um, and then just a, just a couple last topics. So one thing, how much – and I, I personally don't know this, and maybe you, you do, you don't. Like those Olympic – sponsors i mean i like the 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 top tier um you know the the coca-cola is the the dow chemicals of the world i have to assume they were a part of these conversations were they how much pushback do you think that they were giving or or will continue to get especially with this being almost the first test run how do you feel like it's going to go and how much do you think that those sponsors will be like hey maybe we're giving them a little too much let's kind of pull the reins back on that a little bit yeah i mean Honestly, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't oh, know. nobody knows. It's just speculation. Yeah. Um, but what I would say, something that I talk to um, athletes and sponsors about a lot is, um, you know, if I can get an athlete to work with this sponsor and that sponsor, it's better for both sponsors. You know, it's better for the athlete, but it's also better for both sponsors because the more visibility that athlete mm-hmm. is getting, through each of those sponsors, it, the, you know, it's going to help yeah. everybody involved. So I would guess, and I would hope that those big sponsors see it that way. You know, the, I mean, the games, we, they're, they're huge. They have billions of people watch them, but you know, we, we got to keep pushing that. We mm-hmm. got to keep making sure that that number increases each year. And if you have more skin in the game, more sponsors with skin in the game and, you know, mm-hmm. more people, who are, you know, friends of the owner of that company who sponsors that athlete, you know, more people are going to be involved in the games in general. So I think overall, it's a good thing. I completely agree. I'm happy I asked that last question. I know, obviously, that was much more speculation, but it it definitely, the math that you used works. So (laughs) I am all for it. Um, Christine, I think that's about it. Actually, one last thing. 
recently, and obviously we're United States based here, but um, I've recently seen a few other countries come out and actually now start pleading to the IOC. Kind of once Germany did something, then we saw the United States do something. Once the United States did something, it pretty much opened the floodgates. So now hopefully the IOC just goes in, they can change the rules so that way all these countries can take advantage of it. Um, but of course, we will see. That's just more speculation, right? So Yeah, yeah. And I mean each each country has, I believe, their their ability to interpret the rule how mm-hmm. they see fit. Um, so maybe we'll see, you know, more countries interpreting it differently. Yes, so. I like that. And hopefully, yes, we uh, you know, we're a, we're a big part of that. So Thank you so much, Christine Repa, sports agent at lead agent, I think, right? That's what we went with one last time. At Repa Athletes. Again, some of the incredible athletes, Dana Vollmer, Amy Bilquist, Madison Cox, Gia Duna, Nina Betragu, Tess Johnson. One more, I hear. I don't know. We'll see. I've interviewed just about all of them. Stay tuned. Still waiting on one, but yes, we'll stay tuned. And uh, Christine, sincerely appreciate you hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Christine. As I said, she's super cool. A lot of fun talking to her. Her and I have had a relationship for a few months now. Um, She's fantastic, and I love her athletes, obviously. Again, interviewed almost all of them. Still waiting on one. Um, And congratulations to her for getting another athlete. We'll probably be here about that soon, so congratulations. It's incredible. But, yeah, it was so much fun getting to talk to her and understand and have that discussion around Rule 40, how it's going to change for her athletes specifically, how it's going to change for athletes in general and the entire world and how it really can help her athletes and all athletes make more money. Because again, that's what I'm here for. I want them to all make more money. And you know, she's doing a kick-ass job at doing it, so I really appreciate what she's doing. Please make sure to follow Christine on all the socials. Everything's going to be in the show notes. I'll put her website in there too if you're ever interested. Um, make sure to follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter, Michael Raziel on LinkedIn. Please check me out. That's where I put most of my stuff. Check out the website, www.ourathletes.us, and email me if you have any questions, michael at ourathletes.us. And uh, yeah, five stars to the show. Please rate it. Just give it a star. Do whatever. I don't know what platform you're listening on, but please give it a rating. More people will be able to listen to it that way and hear these incredible stories. So without further ado, make it a wonderful day. Mm